Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have begun the fast for the Nativity. And if you have been telling yourself, I'm going to start reading Scripture. Father Daniel talks about it too much. I've heard it. Okay, I'm going to do it now. Now is a good time to pick it up and do it, because it's the Nativity fast. So you have another impetus uh, message from God providentially put in your way called the church calendar that reminds you to again and again to put your eyes and your heart toward Jerusalem, toward Zion. We have and are still continuing in our the weekly lectionary, because the weekend is on a different cycle than the daily uh, lectionary. We are still in Colossians. So, I'm going to stick with the lectionary, and we're going to talk a little bit about Colossians. This is the reading that is for tomorrow, some of the verses. Tomorrow, today, you know what I mean. Liturgically, today, which is tomorrow. So, <laughs> Paul writes towards the end, this is after Paul, as many of the epistles from Paul, the pastoral epistles, he starts off with high theology, and then he starts getting down to the nitty-gritty, things like a few verses earlier, wives submit to your own husbands, husbands love your wives and do not be bitter towards them, and everybody gets a piece here, children obey your parents, and then even uh, bosses, or at least the way this translated, masters, you know, treat your servants, your workers, just and fair, knowing that God is the master in heaven. Then Paul continues, and he says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. I mentioned last Wednesday night, as reading Colossians, as you begin Colossians, he doesn't begin, Paul, the one in chains, writes to you. But you don't really understand the condition of, or the beginning place for when he's writing until you get to the end. And it's not, as I would probably do, it would fill up a part of an email of a few paragraphs, bemoaning, the water is dirty, I haven't been able to stretch out very much because the shackles I'm in, Paul just mentions it in passing, and he's soaked the entire event in prayer. Not only has he soaked it with prayer, he has moved beyond just the kind of, as we typical kind of, God help me. He is encouraging prayer and vigilance and prayer and thanksgiving, and asking for prayer that even though he's in chains, that he is able to speak a word that is to those, who else is he going to speak a word to? They'll be fellow prisoners or those who have him in prison, the guards. Praying in thanksgiving. No matter what, as Father Stephen on Sunday morning talked about the providence of God and what God brings to us, it is very common for us in prayer to talk about the things that we need or to pray about the things that are afflicting us 
It is another dimension or depth, and I think especially for us today, in all the richness that we have in this country, or we have experienced in this country, to then turn to Thanksgiving. It is an incredibly important part of our prayer life, of our basic stance towards God, to be thankful, even if we are in a position like Paul, in chains. It is one of the things that, for me and whatever confessor, because I've had different confessors, because I've moved around in seminary, etc., it was always a thing given, at least to me, of thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be specific in what you give thanks for, and do it daily. Because otherwise, it's really easy to get overwhelmed with the judgments that you've made throughout the day, with the complaints that you've made throughout the day, with reality as it just kind of unfolds for us to forget what we should be thankful for. To have the mind in our prayers, especially as we go throughout our life, no matter where we're at, to the grocery aisle, to sitting in line for 15 minutes for a cup of coffee, for to, I'm just thinking of regular occurrences in my life, and I don't know why I would stand in line for 15 minutes for coffee, but sometimes it just happens. These situations that you're in where you're just kind of existing, you're just kind of moving through things, getting things done, checking it off, hustling home, and you forget that every opportunity, especially in encountering others, especially for those that we encounter on a regular basis, that we have the impetus to speak of the mystery of Christ to them. That we have a responsibility, a duty to do that, and it's something that we should be praying about for ourselves and all of our interactions with others that we have the opportunity with wisdom to speak of the mystery of Christ, because this is what Paul continues. He wants this opportunity in chains that he can manifest, he can speak of the mystery of Christ, but he encourages and he exhorts the Colossians to walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. It is one thing to talk about Jesus, it is another thing to talk about Jesus with wisdom, with discernment, with prayer, that in being able to actually attend and to love those that we speak the mystery of Christ, that they might have their eyes or their heart opened to the one who gives us hope, the one who gives us joy, the one whom we know that we can give thanks to. This is especially manifest with probably one of the harder things that we have before us in following Jesus. And that is, you can look at it two different ways. There's kind of a negative way, ways in which I can keep my mouth shut. And in the positive, as Paul says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Sometimes it's just wisdom and being quiet. Things happen, they may be 
turn the boiling up, right? You can feel the anger, the passion, the desire to be right, something is wrong, or you've heard something wrong, and you want to correct it, or you want to vindicate, you want to defend. And sometimes that is the right thing to do because of what is misunderstood or what has occurred. Sometimes there's wisdom in just being quiet, but there's especially wisdom in learning how to speak and to be prayerful about ways in which you can speak, as Paul uses the metaphor, that it's been seasoned with salt. Because who likes a piece of meat without just a little bit of salt? We need the salt. It brings out the flavor. That we are prayerful, that as Paul says, not just prayerful, but vigilant in our prayer about how we give thanks, about praying about the opportunities that we have to speak to others about the mystery of Christ, no matter what the condition that we're in, that they may be able to see us walking in wisdom, redeeming the time, and then also learning how to speak in such a way that does, speaks the truth, but does it in such a way as to, as John the Baptist did, sometimes it might be a little hard, sometimes it needs a little bit of honey, but it is always pointing to the Lamb of God, the one who was crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected for our sake. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.